Hey everyone, welcome to the Slay with Sam podcast where I bring you those who are slaying and what they do. On this episode, I have Brad Bizjack, who is an online coach who helps business owners get unstuck and break through negative self-talk so they can finally see success in what they're doing. This podcast with him inspired me so much and I'm so excited for you to hear what he has to say. Enjoy. So, um, well, it really starts like way back in the day and I won't go like too far into detail, but like, do you ever have like those feelings where, and to anyone watching this, you kind of just feel stuck, right? Like you want really big things to happen. Like you want the big dreams you signed up for to happen. You want all that stuff. And what I realized was that nothing was working. Like I was trying to build a business, but I couldn't get myself to act and I just, it, everything just felt super, super hard. And I didn't understand why I was stuck. And I lived that way for six years. Um, and I never really grew up feeling worthy. I had some pretty emotionally tough relationships growing up as a kid. And it led me to kind of just desperately craving validation and acceptance and like never really believing that I was enough. And I was always walking on eggshells around people. And, and it was just, I never really believed in myself. So I started off my success journey kind of sad and a little bit angry because I felt unworthy and I believed that it wasn't fair to be where I was. And I started my business with all these really big dreams, but I was so held back by these beliefs that I had. And so I failed at online business for a while watching everyone else succeed. I, I like I was in network marketing to begin with and I would watch everyone else walk across stage getting celebrated for their accomplishments. And these people were crushing it. And they started at the same time as me and they just seemed to get it. And it was kind of demoralizing. And I literally get into those perfection and guilt loops where I had to like check an item off a list to feel like I was making progress. And then if my business didn't grow, I felt really down. And then I would feel guilty for feeling down. And then I have to do it perfectly again. It was perfection, guilt, perfection, guilt, perfection, guilt. And it led to sadness and anger and just these bouts of depression sitting on the couch just wanting my life to change, but not getting myself to do it. I literally saw my laptop staring at me going like, dude, change your life. But I couldn't get myself to act. And I didn't care, but I cared so much. And I was sick of my bank account always overdrafting. I was sick of being face-to-face with my biggest fear, which was mediocrity. And just one day I kind of, I remember overdrafting my bank account again. And I kind of just drew a line in the sand and I was like, you know what? I got to change this. And so I started investing really heavily into my personal growth. I spent thousands and thousands of dollars on coaches and books and seminars and courses to figure out what was going on up here that was stopping me. And I read hundreds of books and like, I finally realized what was holding me back and I saw what was missing. And like, it led to where I am now. And like, genuinely on a day-to-day basis, I wake up like this annoyingly happy on a regular basis. Like I'm, I'm not stressed out. Like my mind is always focused on, instead of being behind, it's focused on my dreams. Like procrastination no longer exists. And now it's just genuine happiness. And yes, there are times when like, I still get that whole woe is me feeling and kind of get down and and useless, but I know how to get past it. And it's built, you know, it's helped a lot of people. It's changed thousands of lives. And it's just been really, really cool. So that's kind of the story in a nutshell. I love it. That's very, very motivating. And I love how you use, you know, how you say that even now, you know, you genuinely wake up happy and this happy and you're joyful now, but you still have those moments of like love. 
Yeah. I think that that's something that a lot of people that social media is really, I'll say good at is um, people don't share their struggles as much. And, and in a way, I don't blame them for doing that because nobody wants to hear anybody complain. Right. <laughs> but, right. but at the same time, we connect in our struggles. And so that it's, it's one of those like catch 22 things where you want to share, but then you don't want to just like seem like you're complaining. Um, but my, I have a question for you about what you did before you were saying that you were watching people who were, um, you know, achieving and you're just sitting there and the, just watching them and you start at the same time. And what do you think it was that was holding you back? It was the way that I perceived my problems in my life. I, I felt that like I shouldn't be experiencing this challenge. And, and so what I always teach my clients, um, those of you guys watching, like I coach people in their mindset and help them break through these neg- this negative self-talk holding them back. And when I was struggling, I remember in those moments, I was always saying I should be somewhere else. I should be at this rank. I should be at this income level. I should be here. And I was shitting all over myself, right? I was sitting there and just why I wasn't there. And I was missing the whole point. And that's the fact that where I was right in that moment was exactly right. I was exactly where I needed to be to learn what I needed to learn to live the life that I was meant to live. I didn't realize that my struggle had within it the gift that would lead to my freedom. I thought that I should feel free and shouldn't feel the struggle. So I adopted a belief that seeing your current good is the fastest way to increase more good. And that includes the good for the challenge you're facing. It includes that that's abundance 101, right? It's loving your life where you are right now. And so that's really what I started adopting was just believing that where I am was wonderful, even though it's not where I wanted to be yet. And finally, I stopped pushing away the lesson that would teach me how to get to that level. So it was just, I stopped resisting being where I was. and I started loving where I was. That's amazing. I like what you just said. That's so powerful. The, if you see the good where you are, you bring on more good. Is that how you said that? Yeah. Seeing your current good is the fastest way to increase more good. That's amazing. I love that. That is so powerful. And it's like, so, so like what I always tell my clients is I always tell them step into the common sense corner for a second. If, if you're God, the universe, whatever you believe in, whatever you believe is fine, but whatever you believe in, cool. You're, you're looking at your creation, right? And you have person A and person B and person A is that person that's focusing on what's wrong all the time, how they should be elsewhere, how it's not fair that they're stuck or that, you know, other people have it easier or they're too fat or they're not pretty enough or whatever it is. And then there's person B who's like, oh my gosh, I'm going through a divorce right now. And it's bringing me so much closer with my kids or I have a hundred pounds to lose. And I'm so excited about it. Or like, oh my gosh, in the summertime, I go outside and there's these little bees that fly around and sting you. If you get too close, they have so much courage. This place is such a cool place to be. And if, if you're God, the universe, whatever you believe in, are you going to give more to the person complaining about having less or the person that loves everything they already have? Right. And so that was kind of the, the belief I adopted that seeing your current good would bring more good. That's a really great way to look at it. You know, like thinking about like putting yourself in that corner and just looking down and saying, if you were God of the universe and saying, who am I going to give more to the person who's complaining or the person who is just seeing and being appreciative for everything. Um, So why do you, you're talking about how people just kind of resist the lesson Mm-hmm. and look for what they don't have why do you think that people resist the lesson even though they already know it in the back of their head sometimes 
I think it's because they think happiness is something external. Mm-hmm. They think it's it's something that ha- happiness is something they'll achieve when it's not. Like I think they feel that happiness is something that once they get to a certain goal, then they can feel it. Um, and so since they're not at that point of happiness, they crave it. And just like you were talking about a minute ago with social media, like it tells us that we should dislike where we are now and crave being elsewhere. And that basically puts you in a, this whirlwind of going through life, always never feeling like you have enough. And so if you feel that happiness is external, then you're going to hate where you are now. And because it's not okay, because you don't have that happiness yet. But when you realize that happiness is just, it's a way of life, it's not something you achieve, then um, everything gets easy really, really, really quick. Yeah, no, for sure. So what do you do? Um, Do you do any daily rituals to make yourself happy? Or how does that work for you? Yeah, so so like I was saying, kind of my, like I, I mentioned that like now it's kind of natural for me to wake up happy, but I had to create this. So it wasn't something that like just naturally happened. I had to go through these rituals and practice multiple things. And um, my wife probably thought I was crazy. So, so um, I'll give you a couple examples. I'll share first, like what I did to reprogram my mind. And then I'll show like what I do on a daily basis. So first what I did to reprogram my mind, like what I always tell people is if, if they were to look around the room they're in right now and count the number of things they can find that are red, right? And they look around, let's use your example right now, Sam. Like you look around the room for everything you find that's red. If you got your chair, a couple books, a couple dog toys right here, like my weight set over there, right? Like maybe five things. And that's wonderful. But how many things did you find that were blue, right? Probably none. And I'm going somewhere with this, probably none. But when you look around the room again for everything you can find that's blue, you find a ton more things, right? You find this pen, you find this microphone, you find all this stuff that you weren't looking for before. And so my purpose in bringing that up is that your mind will look for whatever you tell it to look for. And if you look for one, you can't find the other. So what I did to reprogram my mind is I would literally start asking myself empowering questions like, why am I so kind to myself today? Why am I worthy of greatness? Why is it so easy to fall in love with my spouse again? Why do I spend quality time with my dog? Like all these things. And I recorded it and listened to it on my phone overnight while I slept. And I would listen to it while I was in the shower, while I did the dishes, any opportunity I could to flood my mind with what I wanted instead of knowing that my brain would naturally find negativity because our brains aren't wired to be happy. They're wired to make us survive. So it's always looking for what to protect us from. So I knew that if I didn't condition my brain to focus on what I wanted, I'd automatically find what I didn't want. So I, that's the first thing I did is I just reprogrammed my thoughts by flooding my subconscious mind, knowing that if I looked for that, I couldn't find the negativity. Then on a day-to-day basis, when I wake up right away, I do um, like a priming meditation from Tony Robbins. That's one of my huge go-tos that I do every single day. Um, I meditate for 10, 15 minutes. Then I will uh, practice Italian because I want to learn a new language. It's a goal that I have this year. Um, then uh, what else do I do? Then I'll take the dog on a walk and I'll listen to some personal growth audios on that walk. I'll come back and I'll read a book for 30 minutes, um, just a book of an area of growth that I want to do. I'll exercise for about 30 minutes to an hour. Um, and then um, I'll be ready for the day. And right before I sit down to work, I'll set my intentions for the day. Like, how do you want to show up? And I call it one minute to change every minute. Basically, what I do is I'll sit in front of my computer 
and I'll close my eyes and I'll think about how do I want to show up for my clients today? How do I want to show up for my business today? How do I want to show up for my wife today? And I set that intentionality. So even though I know life's going to throw me curveballs, I still show up from that that state. And so that's kind of my morning routine and what I did to to reprogram my noggin. That is very powerful. And I love how you talk about how you ask yourself those questions. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's really, really cool. For those of you guys who are listening, this is really great for you to hear to know that if you don't like where you are, you don't have to stay there. And if you think these bad thoughts and you think badly about yourself, you don't have to stay. That's not who you are. And just like Brad was saying, there is a way where you can literally reprogram your mind and work on it and build it like a muscle in order to be like Brad and wake up every single morning just passionate and happy and excited and ready to do the day. And what I love about what you're sharing is that you're not just saying that you're just happy. You're telling that you're sharing that it takes work. I mean, now you're saying that you are, but you've put in a lot of work to get to where you are, not just physically or financially or in business, but just mentally. Speaking of you, you know, you were saying that your, your pro- wife probably thinks that you're crazy. <laughs> I think my boyfriend does the same thing. God bless them, right? <laughs> <laughs> but um, what do you do? Because I know I've heard a lot of this on my end as well. What do you tell somebody who is trying to get better? but they don't have a supportive spouse or they don't have supportive coworkers or, or their family or the people, their friends. Um, what do you tell them who their environment really isn't a supportive environment for where they want to go? Ooh, that's a fantastic question. So obviously if you have, if, if you're in a place full of like, if your toxic friend group is bringing you down, it's probably time to upgrade that peer group, number one, right? Because you're the average of the five police you surround yourself with. But when it comes to a spouse, someone that deeply loves you and cares about you, we need to realize something when it comes to spousal support, when it comes to a business, opposites attract, right? So you are probably pro-risk if you're trying to grow a business. Your spouse is probably not, right? So when you start to grow a business, what typically happens, especially in online business, we get frustrated with our lack of results and we share that lack of results with our spouse. And that's all they hear is this isn't working. And so in their mind, they're like, well, why are you wasting your freaking time? And so when they say these negative things, it's not them not supporting you. It's them trying to protect you from pain. And so when you can look at that from a place of compassion and see where they're coming from, and not judge them for it. Because if you say they should be accepting me and not judging me instead of just having compassion for what they're feeling, you're actually judging them back. And it doesn't make them feel supported. It doesn't make them feel loved. It makes them feel like their opinion just goes out the window. So one of the things that I did to change, because for example, my wife did not support my business when I started it because she's super risk averse and I'm very pro risk, right? And you need to be pro risk if you're going to grow a business. So what I started doing was that I I would go and I would share the why with her. That was step one. I included my spouse on why I was doing this to create a better life for us, to go and achieve these amazing things. And to like, just, I started including her in why I was doing it, why I was spending time doing it. Then number two, I would share the wins with her. 
And I would start saying, it's like, our business did this today. So I was including her and I was sharing the wins, not just the negative stuff. And then I would have very specific hours I worked my business. And so when I was with her outside of my business, my phone was in the other room. It's one thing, if, if you're building a business, I understand you need to hustle, you need to like you need to grow it, but your business is only one part of your life. It's not your whole life. Your spouse is one of the most important pieces, if not the most important piece of your entire life, right? So show that person true presence, meaning put your phone in a desk drawer and when they get home from work, be fully present with them. Whatever you have to do, schedule time where there's uninterrupted attention with them. And so not only are they going to feel more presence from you, but on top of that, they're going to see that this is making you happy. So even though it might be costing a little bit of money, you're smiling through it. And that's a wonderful thing. Now, on top of that, there's also people that are in your life that might not support you, like friends, coworkers. Um, but you don't pay their bills with your bills with their opinions, right? You don't like those people that don't support you, like probably aren't the best peers to have. So take a look at the qualities that you would want to see in a friend group. I call them a board of directors. If your life was a multinational corporation and you have this, this board of directors that dictates the direction of the company, right? Well, if your life was a multinational corporation, who's sitting at that table for you? Whose opinions do you actually take into consideration? And what qualities would you want to see in a board of directors member? Now, write down those qualities. And if you notice that your friend group does not match up with those qualities, it's time to get some new board directors members. It's time to upgrade that peer group and that will change everything for you. So have compassion with your spouse, include them, be present with them, share the why, share the wins and check your board of directors. That would be my advice in that situation. That is huge for anybody listening. You need to check your board of directors because that is one of the most powerful things that you can do for any part of your life for whatever you're trying to grow in. That's Everything is just having that support. And plus what you said, you know, what you're telling people is what you're going to get back from them. Mm -hmm. You're telling them, oh man, this is, this is going bad today. This is my struggle today. You're telling them that what you're doing is not working to a certain extent. So be conscious. It's kind of just being aware of the conversations that you're having with the people who you're wanting to support you, you know, and, and it is for every for every bad, you should share a win or you should share. And it goes back to everything that we talked about in the beginning is how can you spin that in a, not a, like a positivity manner, but like in a, this is a good reason why this is going to happen. Or this is a good, like, you know, like you were saying how there's bees that are outside and they can sting you. They're so courageous. <laughs> That's so great. But just to even personally, not just sharing with other people, but taking it personally and saying, this is what's wrong or going bad in my business. Okay, well, how can you find appreciation for what is going wrong? And how can you use that to move you forward and make you better? 100%. It's so true. I love it. I love it. Sam, so, just put another mailman here so my dog might bark. Um, well, my dog just barked, so. <laughs> <laughs> this is a friendly heads up. I love it. <laughs> This is really funny. Um, so in regards to your course, it's the um, how to sell ice to an yeah, Eskimo. That's one of the bonuses with my course. Oh, yeah. 
Awesome. Okay. So what do you get? What's one of your biggest um, sales tips or whatever you would want to call it that you give to people? Oh, this is such a great question. And I see so many people. Oh, I love this one. I see so many people go through and try to rationalize a cost based on the features of a product. Um, am I allowed to swear, by the way? Of course you are. Okay. People <laughs> don't give a shit about your products. That's, that's the first and foremost thing that people need to understand. They care about how it can make them feel. So what I see a lot of people do is they'll rationalize how, like, how expensive something is. Like, oh, you're going to eliminate these groceries and it only costs $4 a day, right? Like that, what you're doing is you're trying to highlight a feature or it's only 30 minutes, right? Those features, sure, they're helpful. But what are the benefits? What's the thing that your customer is actually going to experience? Sales is based on a feeling, not really logic and reason. Let, think about a time when you have impulsively purchased a pair of earrings or a pair of leggings or whatever it is, right? Impulsively purchased it. It wasn't because they were made of polyester or whatever it was. It was because of how you would feel sexy and confident and courageous or whatever the emotion is in those, in those items, right? So sales is based on emotion. So I would care if you're starting out trying to help someone with an online business, trying to sell them a product, care more about how you can help them feel with the product than what the product actually does. For example, if you ask them about what their goals are, what their deep emotional why is, ask them questions about what they're doing, and then you present your product as a solution to those emotional challenges, then they don't care if it costs 10 bucks or a thousand bucks. They'll right. do it because they know it'll help them in a feeling you gave them. So sales is an emotional game it is not a matter of the product features. That is so good. It's so Thank you. And, and I mean, you can think about it whenever you go shopping, you know, and you think about it in that way, you will spend more for something that will make you feel better. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's just that simple. Yep. So it's so true. Speaking of costs and values and all of that, I was loving your post about how you shared that you paid off how much debt and how many years was that? It was just under um, just under $100,000 in a year and nine months. Whoa. I mean, that's incredible. So first of all, I want to ask you two questions in regards, in regards to that. Sure. Um, give me an idea of like how you did that. And, and you know, is there like, was it like a daily thing that you did or how did you kind of do that? Like just how do we pay it off? Yeah. Overall, our philosophy was, well, we got to a point where we got really sick and tired of society's conditioning of saying basically like, debt is just something you have. You always have a car payment. You always have student loan debt. And my wife and I were just like, but it doesn't have to be that way, right? We, we just thought differently. We, it started with the thought of like, what if we could get out of debt before 30 years old? How would everything change if that's what we did? And like, for example, I had this debt for a very long time. So it wasn't like it took us, it took us a year and nine months of intentionally paying it off, but I had this debt weighing over my head for since 2011 when I graduated college. So I didn't do anything with it. I spent irresponsibly. I approached it from the mindset of 
Like this is just something you have. I barely made the minimum payment. I would probably put it in forbearance like four months out of the year. And like, it would just grow in interest. And I ended up like with $95,000 of debt or just under, under that in debt when I could have only had like 70 something because I was stupid. And, and I was just learning from these, this, these mistakes. But when we hit that point where we were like, what if we create a better life for ourselves? That was step one, simply making a decision that we were going to live a different life. The, the road, the, like, the path of least resistance doesn't always lead to a prideful life. Most of the time, you have to do something totally different. And so what I've adopted a belief that look at what society is doing and run the other way. Because most of society is living like a mediocre life, right? And there's like, that's not a judgment. It's just a fact. Like they're not living up to their full potential of what they could do. Do I want them to? Absolutely. So from a psychological perspective, we decided that realism was the fastest traveled road to mediocrity. And we said, you know what? We're going to try to be unrealistic with this and set some insane goal. We set a goal of doing it in a year. We failed at that goal, which is okay because and this is kind of a tangent. I'll get back to the debt in just a second. But uh, and tell me if I'm rambling. But like, there's, we set a goal of paying off ninety five thousand dollars in a year, which is insane. Like this crazy amount of debt, right? And here's the thing: we failed at that goal. So all the people that said that's a stupid idea, why aren't you just making the minimum payment? They were right that it was an impossible goal. And that's the thing with realists and optimists. Realists will set a more realistic goal, and they'll always hit it but they always live in mediocrity. Optimists will fail at the goal the first time, but keep getting back up and trying again. So even though it took us a year and nine months, that's a hell of a lot better than 30 years, right? So that was step one is adopting a different belief set about our debt. Number two is realizing that most people would think we're crazy. Um, People would invite us on trips or to go out. And we just, we adopted the belief that saying no is probably a good thing right now. Now we can say yes, which is wonderful. But before we said, we're going to live like no one else can write or no one else will right now. So we can live like no one else can later on. And, and so we did that. We started saying no to things. We downgraded our lifestyle and we like, we still live in a 800 square foot house. It's tiny. And like, we still like shop at Kohl's and like whatever it is, right? Like that's how we, how we lived. And we just, we live below our means. And as far as the strategy is concerned, we followed a zero-based budget, meaning list out our expenses and in order of importance, anything left over would automatically go to debt. And so what most people do when it comes to money is they'll have like a, they don't know where their dollars are going and that's why they don't, they disappear, right? If you have no idea where your dollars are going, you're going to find them gone. So we wrote out every expense and we lived off my wife's income alone. Everything else I made went to debt. And so we down, downgraded our lifestyle a lot. And then anything left over from her income in regards to bills went to debt. And so we gave every dollar a name. And, um, and from doing that, we just kept crushing it, kept crushing it, kept crushing it. And this is probably the biggest point of all of it. We stopped looking at how much left we had to go. And we didn't do this all the time. Like sometimes, like when I remember when we got to $86,000 left. It was like, holy crap, we've been doing this for three months. Like, what's going on? And then we got to 46,000 or whatever half of it was. And we're like, we still have all this to go. And so we screwed up at times. But what we really tried to do 
is we tried to focus on how far we've come instead of how far we've left to go. So we focused on, hey, babe, we put $200 towards debt today instead of, hey, we still have $80,000 to go. So $200 celebrated is much more emotionally powerful than the detriment of $80,000 left. So that was kind of our strategy. And um, I have a whole blog post about it in detail if you guys want more information um, on how we did it. But that was that's kind of it in a nutshell. That's really cool. I like how you shared that you guys always focused on how much you paid towards it rather than how much more you had to go. Mm-hmm. And you say that, you know, paying $200 towards your debt is more powerful emotionally than looking at $80,000 that you still had to go. You, you know, and it feels a lot better to say I paid towards it than this is how much I have have to do and in a way you would think it would be the opposite because eighty thousand dollars is such more of a bigger number than 200 so almost be more intimidating but it's true whenever you look at what you have done and celebrate what you have accomplished it gives you the feeling of wanting to accomplish more and can i add to that of course you can um and it kind of goes back to this point of people believing that happiness is external Right, believing that you'll pay off ninety thousand dollars of debt and then you can be happy is a myth. But if you focus on, remember, progress equals happiness. Mm-hmm. So if you're working towards a worthwhile goal, you'll feel happy even though you're not at the goal yet. So I just wanted to throw that in there. No, it's so true, and I, I don't want to jump to conclusions, but I'm starting to see a pattern with what you do here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It all, it all, all works together. It does. It does. It does. And that's why I was saying in the beginning, you know, how Josh and I just started this whole, um, I don't know what to call it a detox, but whatever we're doing. And it's, it takes everything that you know already and almost like teaches you the lessons over again because you're seeing it from a different view. It's so cool. I love it. Um, so while we're still in the debt conversation, what do you tell or suggest somebody who maybe has a big a financial burden on top of them and they might be I'll say stuck in a job that they don't like to do but it's comfortable and it's certain it's paying their bills mm-hmm. um, but they do have an idea or a desire to build their business or to do something more with themselves and with their life how do you um, make that transition great question um, so first and foremost don't let your kids starve Right. If you if you have a family, make sure that they're taken care of. Right. Um, and and going through that job during the day. Oh, I got to write down a note because I just thought of another point with this. Um, going through that job might be short term required. Right. But what a lot of and so overall, my point is do both. Do both. Okay. And you might need to go through that job for a while while you're simultaneously building your business to create that financial freedom. Now, here's the challenge that most people face. When they go through their day work, their, their day job, and they don't want to be there, it drains their energy. And so they, when it comes time for them to work their business at night when they get home, they got nothing left. And so they're, going, they're sitting on the couch wanting to grab a glass of wine and watch Marie Kondo. And they're sitting there and just, just wanting to change their whole life, but they can't find the energy to do it. So how do you break through that? Because that's typically, typically what a lot of people face. Because they need to pay their bills and they want to grow a business. Um, and if you're protecting the like your family, like I was lucky, lucky I was in a spot where I didn't have a family yet. So I just went all in, right? Yeah. But if you have a family, that might be a little bit tougher. Um, so one thing that I always tell my clients if they're in that situation, 
is connect to a higher purpose of what you do. And so if you're laying brick, for example, and I were to go up to you and say, what do you do for a living? Some people would say, well, I'm laying this shitty brick for $7.50 an hour, right? And like, that's what someone might say because they hate their job. And then I might go up to someone else that's laying brick and I might say, what are you doing? Well, I'm working for this guy that wants to build this building and just sucks that I'm here, right? This person that focuses on how their job is negative. Then I go up to another person that's laying brick and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I am building one of the world's most beautiful cathedrals. Like, do you see a difference there? Do you see a difference in the end? It's so different. So if these people that are challenged by if you watching this are challenged by this, where you're in a job that you don't like, connect to a higher purpose of what you do. If you're in fashion retail, for example, that's what I did out of college. If you're in fashion retail and you just can't stand it, I couldn't stand it. Some people love it. I couldn't stand it. And you're in that spot. One thing I wish I would have done at the time is connect the idea of helping teens and young adults feel confident every day. That would have driven me to do more and not hate my job as much. And when you do that, and you because human beings always do more for others than they will for themselves. So if you're focused on what you can give and you're contributing to a bigger purpose, it will actually increase your energy. So when you get home to build your business, you're going to have so much more energy. You're going to show up differently. And then you're going to apply the same principles to that, where you're going to connect to a higher purpose and you're going to focus on service instead of money. Service always comes first. The money follows. So that would be my advice to that person. That is so incredible. And I think that kind of just answered my next question for you, which was, um, which is and that same thing. I love that you have just a pattern for the same whole entire thing. I mean, it's like intentionality, gratitude, and just, Effort, you know, it's so true. Um, <laughs> but the next question, and, and it's probably the same answer, but I want to see if you have a different one, is for somebody who feels like they've been trying and trying and trying and trying and whatever, and they might have had some success and they just got comfortable there. And so they've just been in the same spot over and over and over again. And they're losing their love for what they do. They're losing their passion. How do you generate or create the momentum to move forward? I love these questions. Um, so that's that's fantastic. How do you generate the passion or momentum to move forward if you're stuck, even if you've had a little bit of success, but you don't know how to break through and you can't get out of that plateau? Is that accurate? Is that yeah. the yes, yes, yes. So if I were to ask this person, what do you do for, for work? What would that person say? Because chances are they'd say, like, I help people in online fitness, right? Or I sell makeup. Or for me, I own an online course about mindset, right? That's what I would, what people would say if I asked what they did for work. And it doesn't feel very passionate, does it, when you ask that question? No. But what about, like, so think about this. If I were to ask you a question of what is your mission, do you have a sentence that you absolutely know drives you every day? And the answer is no to that question. Or if you have one and it doesn't motivate you, get a new one. You need one because you need something bigger than yourself. Motivation is like pushing a boulder up a hill. It only lasts so long. It's like willpower. It's, it's external. Inspiration literally means in spirit. It comes from within you, right? So if you are focusing on uh, the bigger mission of what you're serving, you will find purpose and passion. So if I ask you what you do for work, like 
what emotions are associated with that? Probably time away from family, you know, just lack, scarcity, just, just anger, maybe just whatever emotions come with that. What if I said, what do you do for a career? And you said, like, what emotions are associated with that? Well, it's probably a little bit better, right? Like, but what about the word mission? What emotions are associated with the word mission? Passion, enthusiasm, alive, joy, happiness, like gratitude, like patience, all these things. So for example, what sounds better? I own an online course about mindset or I'm on a mission to help online business owners break through all the negative self-talk holding them back from their dreams that they deserve. What do you feel more? It's so different. It's so different. It's It's so so different. So connect to the higher purpose of what you do and you will break, break through on top of that. And I know I'm rambling (laughs) on top of that. Uh, once you connect to a higher purpose of what you do and you find what that mission is and you're still doing the same stuff and it's not working, it's inner conflict. That's it. It's limiting beliefs. It's lack of worth. It's not believing you can. And that's what I teach people how to break through. But you need to do work on that mindset. That's super important and keep changing your approach, trying new things until you get to that goal. If you're doing the same stuff, let's say you're inviting to your online business over and over and over again, and it's not working, well then continuing to do it the same way and expecting a different result is literally insanity, right? So try something new, change it up. But that would be my advice, my friend. That is so, Brad, you're so awesome. And I'm you're so, so awesome, Sam. <laughs> I appreciate this so much. No pun, no pun intended with appreciation either. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. Um, before we wrap up here, what is, where can everybody find you and do you have anything to share with them? Yeah. So, um, multiple places. Um, first of all, bradbizjack.com. There's so many free resources there for you guys. Um, there's an online, uh, free course called the path to mindset mastery. Um, it's so impactful. I highly encourage people to check that out. Um, and it covers a little bit more in detail about what we cover today. Um, and it's much more emotional. Um, also, I have a podcast called the Path to Mindset Mastery Podcast. Um, you can check that out. Actually, I'll be filming another episode for that or recording another episode for that right after this call. Um, and then also, if you really know that there is like you just know that this type of thinking is that breakthrough that you need um, and it's that you just connected with this, I have an online course that is a deep dive into this. Like we barely scratched the surface. It's called Appreciation Academy. Um, That course selling ice to an Eskimo that Sam mentioned, that's a bonus with it. Um, And for anyone that is in Sam's audience, um, I'm going to give you guys 50% off of that program. So if you type in the promo code, if you head to appreciationacademy.com and enter in the promo code, all one word, slay with Sam, then uh, you will get 50% off of that program. Um, It's just a big thank you for for being here. That's the deep dive, um, the podcast and the... uh, and the, the free course are just kind of top level, but the really deep stuff is in that program. That is amazing. Thank you for doing that. I appreciate that. I know that they will as well. That's of awesome. Course. Of course, my so, friend. Final question here for you. Yes, ma'am. If you just had one shot to tell everybody something that they could do to make their life better or to move forward, what would it be? That's a great question. Uh, yeah. Business success and money do not cause happiness. 
happiness causes those things. You need to learn how to be happy first, and then they'll show up for you. If you're already happy, sure, they cause more happiness. But unless you're happy first, you're literally going to push them away. And that's why you reach so hard for a goal and it seems like it's evading you. It's because you think that your goals will lead to happiness. Happiness comes first. Happiness and appreciation for the journey and the challenge is what will create the success. So if you're struggling with that, if you need to, if you know, if you're just pushing so hard and it's not working, or if you know that there's, you just don't know why you're not reaching that level of success and happiness, it's because happiness is not something you achieve. It's something you are. That is this whole entire interview. This has been so powerful. And I'm so grateful for your energy and your knowledge and your mindset for showing up here as you did. And just, I mean, I know that I'm going to change things that I'm doing. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm fired up now. I'm ready to go and do stuff and get things rolling. And really just to take everything that, because we all have problems, we all have issues. But just to take everything that, like, kind of look at my life right now and, like you were saying, and look down on it and just be grateful for every little thing that's going on. And then as you even uh, saying that makes me start feeling it more, mm-hmm. which I think is so cool. So Wherever focus goes, energy flows. That you... is so true. Yeah. Well, well, thank you so much, my friend. clearly we're we're on the same (laughs) wow did brad bring the fire or what thank you so much brad for joining us and thank you guys for tuning in feel free to share this with anybody who you think would benefit from it and if you'd like to hear more from brad you can visit his website at bradbizjack.com or his social media accounts at brad at bradbizjack thanks so much guys talk to you soon